clearly there were a lot of things I'm insecure about and still am insecure about, but it's like, what are some actions that I'm choosing to do or beliefs I'm choosing to even let go of in order to move past some of these unconscious beliefs that's really hindering me from using money in the best way possible. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. I'm Sarah Lee Kane. And I'm Garrett Philbin. We want to give you space to explore your relationship with money. The guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear, no topic is taboo. And in this episode, we chat about what we can do once we recognize our unconscious money patterns. We go over money archetypes and using those to make changes and taking responsibility for our own financial lives. Sarah also puts Garrett on the spot. That's me asking him what her money personality is. Now, I swear I did not pay him to say any of those nice things. I swear. Yeah, don't trust her. I wouldn't trust her either. And if you've hung out with us for a while, you know that we enjoy spending money on anything that enhances our lives. And books really are one of these things. Yes, they can add up, but we're going to let you in on a little secret. You can get two audiobooks for free just by signing up for a free trial of Audible. You get a 30-day trial that you can cancel at any time and still get to keep those two free audiobooks. And if you do stay on after the free trial, you'll end up only paying $15 a month, which includes one audiobook a month and 30% off any additional audiobooks. To start your free trial and to nab those two free audiobooks, head on over to www.beyondthedollar.co backslash audible. That's www.beyondthedollar.co backslash A-U-D I-B-L-E. And to check out resources we shared in this episode, including a guide to using your values to help you with your financial decisions, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co. Now get ready, grab a seat, and let's go Beyond the Dollar. All right, Sarah. So today we are actually going to do a continuation of an episode that we did in season one, where we talked about our unconscious money patterns. And the reason that we're doing this, just to let the listeners know, is in that first episode, we talked about how to just kind of become aware of your unconscious money patterns. And we were talking about how they form in early childhood and how what we learn then really gets ingrained and we really internalize and then we continue to operate in that way uh, that served us as children but often doesn't serve us now but we didn't really talk much about kind of what tangible steps you can do to start identifying them and getting out of them and start changing them so are you excited to dive in sarah I am. And to those who haven't listened to that episode, we definitely encourage you to check that one out. You can definitely listen to that one after or before, however you want to do it. Yeah, we'll have that. And yes, I am excited. (laughs) (laughs) Her voice may not sound like it, but her eyes in the video recording we're seeing, she's just super excited. So trust me on this one. (laughs) That episode will be in the show notes. And I believe it's episode five of season one with Lisa Peterson. So you can go and check that out. If you want to listen to that beforehand, before getting the mm-hmm. practical and tactical tips. Yep. And there's also one that's just us two chatting as well. I don't remember the actual episode number, but we'll leave those in the show notes beyond the dollar.co. So why we're also talking about this now is I gave a talk at FinCon, which we referenced in episode one of this season. And I actually did it with Lisa Peterson, which is super cool. So we had her on in season one. And then we are able to give a talk about the 
unconscious money patterns that we have. And again, that talk was both how to identify them and then what to do about it. But it was just very relevant because I think there are probably, I don't know, 70, 80 plus people in there. And we just had a really, really good discussion around how to identify them, but then also what we can do as coaches, as planners, and as advisors to help people actually not just know that they have this going on, but actually do something about it. Which is awesome. And I am so sorry I missed that talk. I really did want to go to it. And I sound like I'm like, I'm just apologizing throughout the episode. Like, I'm so sorry I missed it, right? (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. You can keep it going. It's fine. All right. Okay. I'll just grovel even more after this recording. Is that what you're trying to say? That's what I'm trying to get at. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But this is a conversation, again, that not just I'm having with clients or that we're having with friends and family, but this is something where people in the space who are serving a lot of people in the financial space, again, from planners to coaches to advisors, really are understanding there's a need to engage in this conversation. And if we only talk about the numbers and don't go, dun, 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 beyond the dollar, if you will, God, Sarah's that look on her face, just like, dude, you didn't, and I did. If we don't get beyond just the numbers conversation, we aren't going to have a lasting impact on the work that we do with people, because inevitably over time, old patterns are going to resurface. Even if you have the right tools and tactics, patterns are going to show up again. So that's why we want to go in a bit deeper this time to be able to engage in that conversation to make sure that you not just have the awareness, but then do also understand, okay, how can I start changing them? Yeah. And I know we mentioned this a lot, and I think most of our guests really talk about this, is that you cannot change something unless you name it or unless you admit that something is going on. I mean, I know that when I finally got out of credit card debt and stayed out of debt, it was really recognizing why I got into debt in the first place. And once I really recognized that, I was able to move on beyond the belief that I had about myself and about the way I managed my money. So how did you go about identifying what was important to you and kind of identifying those patterns so that you were able to change the pattern of behavior of being in debt, you know, and eventually getting out of it. So ultimately what I realized when it came to spending money was that I was really desperate for connection, right? And it was almost to affirm a sense of like self-worth, like I'm only worthy if I have these really cool friends or I'm only worthy if I have this amazing relationship or in some ways like married. It sounds really strange, but And it sounds even strange saying it because I'm like, I ain't that kind of girl. But hey, you know, that was really what was running through my unconscious was that, you know what, you do what you need to do, girl, like spend the money to keep this relationship going because you want to be loved. And so it did take a while for me to, to really realize that. And once I did, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why do I feel like I have to prove myself to someone in order to feel validated. Now, obviously, once I made that realization, it took a while to really move on past it, and I'm still working on a lot of it, but it's getting easier to feel like where I don't have to prove myself and to use money to prove myself. You make a really important point where this stuff rarely goes away completely. It's not as if you identify it and then you start to put these tools and tactics into place and then it will never be a problem again. It's just 
you can start to identify when that voice comes up, when you have this feeling that you aren't enough, when that feeling of lack of self-worth comes up, and you can then just be aware that you're having a conversation with yourself about it versus just going into that conversation with yourself without even knowing that you're in the conversation, if that makes sense. So I just want to highlight the work is never really done. You can just kind of get faster at noticing it and being kind with yourself and giving yourself grace. But I kind of think of, to a certain degree, like if you have a problem with alcoholism, that's never going to go away. And so this is something similar where it's just you have to, over time, be aware of it. And the noticing is really a very important part. Yeah. And and just really to add to that, too, is it's very important to separate the emotions and the stories and what's actually going on. I remember when I was getting out of debt, the story I told myself was like, you're terrible. How could you do this? You are much smarter than this. Why did you let this guy take advantage of you? You don't deserve to get out of debt. Those are the stories I was telling myself, right? The emotion was shame, guilt. Nobody knew what was going on. They just thought I came back to Canada to visit friends and family, had no idea that I was broke and jobless and all of that. But the fact is, I was staying at my parents' home, I was working, and I was $9,000 in credit card debt, and I was single. That's the fact. But it was all of those things that I told myself around that, that really made it difficult to move past that situation. And so, which is really interesting, because I know, Garrett, you work a lot with the idea of money archetypes. So it has to do with stories that you tell yourself or their personality. So care to share? I would love to. Yeah, I did this training with Deborah Price and to become a certified money coach. And a lot of that training is centered around archetypes. And so it's helping clients understand that she has eight different archetypes as part of this. So you have archetypes like the innocent, the victim, the fool, the tyrant, the martyr, the magician, the warrior. So what I hear in what you were saying was, oh, like this is just a certain archetype that is speaking in that situation. So as part of this work, it's we go and we help people identify through looking at their money biography, what are some of the patterns that they've learned and internalized? So that's kind of the awareness stage. And then also what archetypes are most active? So if you were kind of beating yourself up over what you had done and how you'd gotten into that debt, there could be some self-tyrant where like you're very hard on yourself and you're very aggressive to, and you have no patience or compassion towards what it is that you've done then it could really be that particular archetype speaking. And, and around archetypes, it's not that you are that archetype. It's not like the archetypes define you. A really important note is that it's just that they show up or they're a way to kind of give language and an identity to the way in which you speak about yourself and see yourself. So it's never like, I am the innocent. I am the tyrant. I am the martyr. It's simply, oh, what is this voice right now? that is talking and is saying these things. And then if you can identify that, then you've even separated, you know, it's no longer you having that saying those things, which oftentimes if you read about mindfulness, like we get confused that we think we are our thoughts. So it gives you that separation that it's like, okay, I am not my thoughts. It's actually, I am separate. And then it's this person or this archetype talking. And then you can start to say, huh, is, do I want to approach it from this self-tyrant perspective? Or do I want to be speaking from the victim who always feels like the harm is being done to me, but I have no agency in the situation? So I found that that archetype work 
is really helpful in giving people separation and knowing that it is not them and then deciding, oh, do I want to actually be listening to or giving power to that voice? That is so cool. Is there, so I know you can do that through coaching. Is there like other resources where you can even find out what your archetype is or I don't want to say self-coach, but just maybe read a book, anything like that? Yeah. So talking about just building awareness, Deborah's book, which was funny, is that I actually read her book, Money Magic, about two years or so before I even did the training. And I didn't even know there was a training. So this was in the early stages of me being a financial coach. I read her book, again, Money Magic. And yeah, that will go into the different money archetypes. It has a lot of really great exercises that you are able to do. And yeah, so that would be a really, really great resource for people to look into and be able to start getting into the work on their own. So I'm totally putting Garrett on the spot and I am giving him permission to coach me a little bit. So I am the mentee or coachee. Is that, I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) so I am curious. So if anybody listened all the way back to episode one, season one, they will know that I have this really lofty income goal for 2018. And I was basically getting all stressed out chasing that dollar amount. So what would you say is the money archetype that I am currently acting out on when it came to chasing that lofty income goal? Ooh. So just quick side note for people. This is usually when I do coaching, there is a lot more that goes into gathering information and identifying patterns and being able to see, looking at a money memory from every year of their life. So there's a lot that goes into that. Read the money biography and identify emotions, patterns, energy. So there's a lot more that goes into it. What I would say, Sarah, is that you've been doing a very good job over the past year of because you hit your income goal right? I did. You I did. did. I did. And so, you know, what I would say is that that's a really good example of the warrior. So the warrior is the master of the outer world when it comes to money. So someone who is able to put things into action, to be able to create, to say, here's what I want and I'm going to go get it. Now that is a <laughs> okay. very, very good quality. Most of the time, as long as it is also matched with some compassion and a mastery of the inner world, which is the spiritual world, which is what you were talking about around empathy. You also have, I know just in talking with you, like a connection to why you are doing what you're doing, a sense of internal purpose. And so I'd really say that like those two archetypes, the warrior and the magician have been showing up really powerfully over this time. And yeah, I would say if you have warrior without magician or without creator artist, it can kind of want to dominate and just kind of be a winner takes all. So it's important to have the balance of some other archetypes. Otherwise you can get into a pattern because you may say, oh, warrior is great, right? Go out and earn and make it happen. But there does need to be a balance of an understanding of why you're doing it, which is kind of of the, uh, the magician of the spiritual world. And then also having some creativity and playfulness, which the creator artist would bring in as well, which I know you have creative side as well. So that would be my identification of more of the positive aspects and archetypes that have allowed you to set those goals and intentions and earn your money in a way which you expressed in episode one, right? which is in alignment with what you want to be doing. And now you're also finding more creativity to be able to ask for assignments that really align with what's important to you. 
I swear to not pay Garrett to say all this. I swear. <laughs> and number two, uh, I was gonna say the only reason I was giggling in the beginning because I was kept envisioning myself being like Xena, the warrior princess, with like stacks of dollar bills on my like stake. I, anyway, <laughs> that's a cool mental image. If anyone's a really good graphic artist and wants to draw Sarah as Sarah, warrior princess, with dollars <laughs> on her stake, uh, then please hit us up. Yep. Hello, Hello at, at beyond, beyond the, the dollar. <laughs> Hello at beyond the dollar.co. Look, we both finish each other's sandwiches. Okay. There we <laughs> I go. Saying, I I would totally put that on a t-shirt. Of course, crediting the artists and paying them if we decide to uh, you know, ship those out to other people too. Uh, that's really really interesting. I I heard about something else it's called sacred money archetypes and I cannot for the life of me remember who created that but it has more to do with like your your personality than actually what's been what you're acting out and i really like that just because it's it's so fluid because there are times when i do act like the victim or the innocent but really interesting to hear that i'm a warrior and a magician that seems like totally badass and i feel like that should be like a disney movie i don't know (laughs) and it's great like you you hit the nail on the head when these things show up at different times And so it's not, we aren't defined by one or any archetype. They also aren't static. So it's not like we are this archetype or these combinations forever. And so there really is a fluidity to it. And that's what's really cool is so that there's sometimes, you know, where I will just notice, oh, yep, there's the innocent coming up. And still like yesterday, right? Like I'm never fully in my magician, warrior, creator, artist all the time. That's just not how life works. So yeah, it's very fluid and they don't define you and that's okay. It's just helpful again, like to give a name to what's coming up so that you can decide, do I want to be like this or not? I like that. It's like you make a choice. Like, okay, I recognize that this is going on and this is the something that's coming up and I can make a decision to continue what I'm doing or to do something different. And I love that because it, it places a responsibility on yourself, which is pretty scary sometimes. I'm, like, I remember when I was like, oh man, I am the one who is trying to validate who I am through other people. And now I want to choose differently. Like it was really scary to be like, hmm, how do I do this now? Right? I mean, I do appear to be a very confident person. And even in my twenties, I was a very confident person. But there were, I mean, clearly there were a lot of things I'm insecure about and still am insecure about, but it's like, what are some actions that I'm choosing to do or beliefs I'm choosing to even let go of in order to move past some of these unconscious beliefs that's really hindering me from using money in the best way possible? Yeah. And what I like that you mentioned again is what we said with the episode is like, what tangible things can you do? Right. So if you see yourself operating in a certain way, or you see a lot of the innocent or the victim or tyrant coming up, you can say, okay, what am I doing? And then what are ways that I want to take steps to start changing those patterns? So, you know, there is more to this um, work, but one of the steps that we do is saying, all right, what are some small but significant steps you can take from a place of, you know, so you could think of it from like a practical standpoint, more of a spiritual standpoint to say, here are some very specific steps that I want to take around my most challenging patterns to, you know, for example, if you always give to others and there's very like a high martyr archetype and that giving can leave you with a sense of resentment because you're always giving enough of yourself, then it's like, oh, well, what would it look like to 
actually spend time or money on myself? What would it look like? How can I start setting more boundaries? How can I allow other people to take responsibility? So I'm not always the one who feels like I have to keep it all together. And so those can be, you know, if you find patterns that don't necessarily serve you, think of small but tangible ways that you can start to move from someone who operates in that space of the martyr to, okay, what would it look like if I had boundaries, was empowered, felt like my own needs were getting met and I wasn't only serving others? Yeah, I agree. I Something that I do that I worked with previous clients on and some current clients, but I don't accept clients anymore. Sorry, guys, um, is that you think of the ultimate like ideal way you're going to act out on or choose to act on how to completely sabotage those unconscious money patterns. And then you work backwards to like the bare, bare minimum, like what is literally the first thing you can do. And so it could even be like, I'm going to borrow a book from the library on this topic. Like that, that could be something small if, if you're like that afraid. And then maybe the next step is open the book and read five pages. And then it's, so it's like kind of like the snowball, like you gain momentum. Like, so I remember when I was trying to increase my income and I was like freaking out. I'm like, I'm already working so many hours. How am I going to like double my income is the first thing I was like, okay, no, like the first thing I can actually do is just to go on this website and look for companies that I can pitch. So I came up with a list of websites the next day. Okay, now I'm going to pick one website and I'm going to pick five companies that look interesting. Done. Next day, out of the five, which one am I going to do in-dive research on? I'm going to spend 20 minutes to do that. Done. Then the next day, okay, I'm going to take all this research, find the right person, send an email. Done. And then I rinsed and repeat. And then in that month alone, I think I reached out to about 30 different companies and I ended up getting three contracts, all because I just said, what is literally my next step? I'm just doing this. It's only 10 minutes. I can do 10 minutes of this. And yeah, I love that in that, right, you gained confidence. You saw that, okay, here's if I take these small but significant steps, I can do this. And here's the direct result that I get out of it. That's so cool. And just how you can see, you know, how you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And just those small but consistent also, I think is an important step. So it's not necessarily making big leaps quickly, but consistency over time, I would say is the most important. Yeah, I think for many people, myself included, is when I get overwhelmed or scared at any type of change is that I don't actually know what I need to do to actually do it, or I don't really know what's going on. And so how I combat that is write down every single freaking thing that I need to do. And I remember when we started planning out this podcast, I think Garrett got a little bit scared, but maybe seeing why it was necessary. I'm like, no, we're writing down every single little thing is color coded. Here are the little task cards. We move from one place to the other. And it was because planning a podcast is a lot of work. To those of you who have never done that before, it's a lot of work. And so there's a lot of moving parts and it can get very overwhelming extremely fast. And so writing down every single thing really helps. And so especially in your financial life, there's a lot of paperwork that you got to do for various things. So when that gets overwhelming, you just go, okay, I'm going to bust out a post-it note or whatever planner you use, or even a scrap piece of paper and just start writing. It doesn't have to be like a super organized list, but just start writing. I think that will at least help. Yeah. And another thing to do to help when you feel that you're trying to change from these existing patterns that you have 
to adopting new patterns of behavior or moving from one or two archetypes that aren't serving you to others is also to just get present to, I find a lot of people forget what talents, skills, and abilities that they already have available to them. So like you said, when we get overwhelmed or start something, oftentimes feel like there's so much to do that we get that paralysis. But what I find is really helpful in part of the process is to walk people through and walk clients through this process of what are your skills and talents and abilities? What have you been able to accomplish over the 20, 30, 40, 50 years in your life? And really just walk them through to see, oh my gosh, like here's what I accomplished when I was 10, when I was 15, when I was 18, when I was 21. And when they start seeing all of these accomplishments put next to each other, along with the different skills that they have, whether it's from this job, whether it's from even outside of their career. And when they really get to stare in the face, all of these skills, talents, and abilities that they've compiled and the achievements they have over the course of their lifetime, they are able to see and like stand in that power of damn, like there is a lot I've already done already. I am perfect, whole and complete. It's hard to get people there, but it's, it's like you are already enough. And so going through that exercise as well, I think helps people then feel the confidence, the power to be able to feel like they really can make a difference on these patterns that have really, you know, been in their lives ever since they were four five, six years old. So something that I am still working on and getting better at is when you're doing any sort of self-development work, whether it's learning about stocks and bonds, improving in your career, becoming a better mom, is that when you're looking to improve, it doesn't mean that who you are right now sucks. Like, I, I want to stress this to every single person, animal, inanimate object out there is that you are enough. Like, I don't care if you're broke and your net worth is in the negative. I don't care if you're living on the street. I don't care if you put your son in front of the TV all day like I just did yesterday. I don't care. Like, you are enough. And to improve yourself or to be the best version of yourself you can be does not mean that you are bad in any way, shape, or form. It just means that you care enough about yourself and about the world to bring a better version of like what you currently are. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And especially when it comes to this idea of archetypes, like if there's a lot of negative self-talk happening right now, then it might not feel good, but that's okay because that is exactly where you are. And just know that again, awareness is the first step. And so once you can identify, oh, I am having this negative self-talk, then you can start to take some of these small but significant steps. But really, even if you aren't where you want to be right now, and there's a lot of victim, fool, and innocent having a conversation there, that's perfectly okay. And that's just right where you need to be. Because I feel, I mean, I feel this all the time, but just that sense of, oh my gosh, I'm so far behind. I'm not where I need to be. There are a hundred other things I should be doing right now. So just know that I'm going through this. It's something that's, as we said at the beginning, like it's the work that needs to be done consistently over time. So just thanks again for highlighting that point because I think it's really important. 
I say Garrett's probably stressed about doing all the things because I'm I'm making him do all the things. <laughs> Not all of the things, just a um, lot of the things. We're changing some responsibilities, <laughs> like we said in, in episode one. It's important for, that we each do what our highest value add to this podcast is. So yeah, you know, feeling that a little bit of juggling <laughs> juggling a fair amount of things from like uh, clients to podcasts to coaching coaches to you know so you know but, trying to have a life, get some sleep. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know, like hmm. take a bubble bath. <laughs> mm. Bubble bath, bubble 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 yeah. bath yeah. with their essential oils. <laughs> Girl, live your best life. I love it. <laughs> so I do want to add one more point: is that one way that I'm really trying to be more compassionate with myself is just going with changes with a curious mindset. So instead of shaming myself, I just go, "Hmm, this is very curious. I wonder," and then I would end the question with whatever the change I'm making. And so right now I have some other goals in my financial life. One of them is purchasing a house. One of them is also kind of increasing my income, not as crazy as this year. I'll be like, hmm, okay, this is what I want to do. I wonder what it'll take, or I wonder if I try this, what will happen? And so it's almost kind of like a no pressure way to make changes. It doesn't feel as scary to me when I do that. And it almost turns it into like a game. It becomes more fun. So just throw it out there. And as we end this episode, Garrett, mm-hmm. how are you using money to live beyond the dollar? Ooh. So one way recently that's really, I've had a lot of fun with is setting aside just a specific amount of money every month to give away in whatever way, shape or form I want to. So I use, you need a budget to create my budget and spending plan. And it just shows me a green amount of money that I've said a, a little like it says, oh, here's you have $150 left over. And it just gives me this nice little green number. And I'm like, oh, great. So when someone posts on Facebook, like, hey, will you donate to me doing this triathlon for leukemia or whatever it is that I get a request for? It's just giving me so much permission to say yes to those things. I just automatically kind of put that money away and it's just allowed me to feel so much more free in the way that I give and giving is important to me, right? You know, to actually answer the question of like, how are you living beyond the dollar? Giving back is important to me and giving is important to me. So it's just like a, an easy way for me to feel a lot more permission to do that in my life, which is really fun. Sarah, how about you? I'm going to talk about my son because he's a very big part of my life. And he's also beside me right now. So I guess I have to talk about him a little bit. (laughs) I'm using my money to help him become the best version of himself he can be. I want to be a really great parent in the aspect that I want to give him a lot of chances and opportunities to learn and grow as a human being. So one thing that I am really cheap on, but I am learning to not is paying for different lessons. And so we did pay for swimming lessons for him. And I will say the 40 minutes of swimming lessons, my husband, I almost had a heart attack because he's so excited about swimming. But anyways, I'm using money to live beyond the dollar because it's, it's not just helping me. It's helping the next generation, essentially. That is awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. I hope that it was helpful as a way to take what we talked about in season one and be able to expand upon it and bring it into more practical ways of being able to transform your unconscious relationship to money. 
And just as a personal plug for myself, like this is the work that I do. And there is a set process uh, that I walk clients through to be able to identify the unconscious patterns, go through those steps to change them and really be able to transform your relationship with money. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can reach out to me. You can find me on beyondthedollar.co or at beawesomenotbroke.com. stop. And what is totally adorable right now, I just have to point out, is that Sarah's little kid, Logan, has her podcast mic and is playing with it. And we may leave a little bit of the audio in there at the end of Logan speaking into the mic. And it's one of the most adorable things I've ever seen. And so, you know what? I'm just going to leave you all with that. This is perfect. Thank you so much. We're out. Say, I love you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Dollar. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Also, if you feel like putting your money towards the things that really matter as a challenge for you, then download our values-based spending guide. You'll gain clarity around what matters most to you in life, be able to name your most important values, and start thinking about how to only put your money toward those things. To download the values-based spending guide, go to www.beyondthedollar.co. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar.